0: Ayer's on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer.
1: Hello, parents out in parenting land. And everybody else listening
0: in, we don't want you to hang up if you're not a parent. This is the Ayer's on the Road again, and we are really on the road this week.
1: We always do this uh, when we're traveling. We do it from two separate phones, so I... I say something, and then I wait, and if Linda doesn't say something, I just say something else. (laughs) That's
0: (laughs) That's unusual.
1: how we do it, huh? We're actually recording today from New York City, and uh, it's actually, today is, is actually Thursday, the 29th of December, but this show will air on the 2nd of January, New Year's plus one. And we're really grateful for that timing because what we want to chat a little about today is the whole idea of using the New Year time as a time of both reflection on the year just gone by and of a resolution for the year yet to come. Right, Linda? Right. In fact, uh, January 2nd
0: is the actual holiday because the first falls on Sunday this year. So we hope some of you are thinking about that. I mean, we we found it so interesting. Our kids have uh, been working with some young men in Washington, D.C. Uh, who kind of come from dysfunctional families and um, this son is so interested that, that they have never thought about setting a goal. They need um, said, "Well, so what do you plan to do for this year? What do you think? It just never has crossed their minds, and some were really interested. I think there are five or six of them that he's working with, and some were really interested in, well, how do you do that? And others were, no, not interested. Whatever happens, happens. And so I think it's just really fascinating. Everybody has a little different way
1: of setting goals at the first of the
0: year or not.
1: Well, or not. I mean, that's the key thing because we run into a lot of people who say, oh, no, I just hate New Year's resolutions. I just don't like them at all. And we'll say something like, well, why? And they'll say, well, because for one thing, that makes you more aware of your failures. If you say you're going to do something and then you don't (laughs) do it, then you're really aware of your failure. Whereas if you've you've never made the resolution in the first place, you wouldn't even know or you wouldn't even feel bad about
0: it. You don't (laughs) like that feeling of guilt.
1: That's exactly right. And then there's others who uh, just say, oh, you know, if I make a New Year's resolution, I'll just break it. I mean, 90% of people break their New Year's resolution, so why even bother with one? (laughs) That's kind of how you feel, right, Linda? No, just kidding.
0: Well, actually... I can remember um, the resolution I made last year, and I did some things on it and not other things, but I am really ready to go this year. I know what I want to do, and uh, it's a little different situation at our house. Every year is a little different because of where the kids are and how things are going and who's having babies and who isn't and all that, and so um, I'm really ready to go. Are you ready to go?
1: Well, you know, I'm always, I've always thought that the New Year's was the, the coolest time of all. We have to admit for many years, we sort of thought of our year, as it were, as starting in September when the kids started school and right. then ending sort of in, in June or whenever they got out of school. And, and it seemed almost odd to start the New Year on January 1st. That was like the middle of the year for us and it is for so many of you parents because you have to sort of think in sequence with your kids and with their school year and so on. And so we used to make a lot of our resolutions and set our goals and so on from September to September, but I still think there's something pretty special about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. You know, it's appropriate, Linda, that it comes in January because january just to show off my vast knowledge of greek mythology uh, is actually named after the god janus who as uh, some of you may remember is the god with two faces one looking forward and the other one looking backwards doesn't have a, a back of the head just two faces and um the idea is that represents looking both to the past and to the future at the same time and, that's what i think makes new year's eve and new year's day and the very beginning days of the new year really really cool because it, it, you know what, what makes sense to me especially for parents i think is to look at the year gone by what happened what are the what are we grateful for what are our blessings what are the things we want to remember about that year And what did we learn? What were our mistakes? What were the things we wish we'd done differently? What were the the things maybe that we don't have such happy memories of? And then with all that reflection in mind, the one face of Janice, think about the other face of Janice and look to 2012 and what are we going to do this year? What are our hopes? What are our dreams? What would be the things our children need most? What's the things our marriage needs most? And so on and so on.
0: And so I think, you know, I've decided the last few days of a new year, I'm going to be reflecting on the blessings of that year. We had had so many, we've done this for, this is our third year, and the first year I thought, well, let's just do 10, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do just 10. Well, part of that is that we have so many children and grandchildren, there are just lots of blessings that come along with that, but I finally decided, you know, 20 is a pretty good number. And so I have really been working on the 20 top blessings of 2011 and the wonderful things that have come to us. I haven't thought too much about the changing, uh, the things that have not been gone well, which I could spend some more time on, so thanks for that reminder. But anyway, it really is a good a good exercise of the mind to look back on the year uh, as we even turn our heads the other way and look forward
1: One of the things it does when you start trying to look back over the year as parents and try to remember things and what happened when, one of the things it does is sort of a little bit disturbing, I guess, but also quite interesting. Is you realize how quickly you forget things. You realize that even things that happened in 2011 are now getting a little foggy, a little faded. I hope hope that doesn't just mean we're getting a little foggy and a little faded, Linda. But it might know, sometimes hard. It's a little hard to remember what happened. When did that happen, or when did I last see uh, this person, or whatever? And we actually end up going back through. Our calendar, back through our little date books, our little uh, planning books, and 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 that's where we say, oh yeah, what that was a great time. We uh, you remember what we did. Remember how interesting it was when so and so, you know, did this. And usually, those those memories will reflect around a grandchild or around uh, some development in the in the family of one of our children. And it's really quite. It's quite wonderful by the time you're through doing it. And again, some people say, well, where am I going to get the time to do that? I think it's a fabulous way to spend sort of the holiday of New Year's, frankly. But people have other things to do, and there are a lot of good football games on. But the point is, when you go through the last year, it really sort of becomes an exercise in counting your blessings. Because isn't it interesting, Linda, how our memories and our minds work that as time goes by, what we tend to forget usually are the bad times. Now, that's not to say that a real traumatic time doesn't sort of stay with you forever, but by and large looking back on things, what we tend to do especially with family and with children is you remember the good things, you remember the wonderful things and and reflecting on them is in a way like reliving the joy.
0: Well, I think when we go through that list and then we we look at it, we just think, oh my gosh, all that happened in one year? I would have totally forgotten about that if I hadn't really just reflected on what happened and, oh yeah, that was really awesome. I mean, sometimes it makes us uh, a lot more grateful for the things that have happened that year, but it's so easy to take things for granted and then just, oh yeah. That's, and as we get older, I, just, I can't believe how... Time changes. It goes so fast. And you think, well, you know, we were just looking today on one of our computers. We have pictures from old times coming up all the time. And this morning, Richard handed me his computer and said, Who is that? And it was a brand new baby, just like this brand new baby that we're with here in New York City. And, um, we couldn't. Either one of us could not even we remember
1: could, which it was or who, what maybe we it was. Place, the setting, or anything. We knew it was a wonderful, beautiful child, so we assumed it must be one of our grandchildren. <laughs> but you know, it is fun <laughs> to go back and reflect. I hope I hope we're kind of selling you a little on that. And you know what we used to do when the kids were with us in the home, and what we really encourage families to do that still have young children is to do this sort of exercise. That's really the wrong word for it, but this sort of looking back over the year and remembering blessings, remembering moments, remembering good times. It's so much fun to do that with the kids and to say, you know, what do you remember? And maybe do it month by month, you know, like recast it. Say, let's start last January, and then if you've got your calendar out there or your daybook, that's the month that this happened or that happened and see if the kids will say, Oh yeah, I remember, you know, and they'll bring up something and you'll think about it and so on. And you'll be sort of almost making a list of nominations for the best memories of the year. And if you get enough of them, if you get 40 or 50 by the time you're done, then maybe you have a little vote to pick the top 10 or the top 20 memories of the past year. You see kids, I think even, you know, the younger you are, almost the more your tendency is to think in terms of the future, just the future. What's going to happen next? Am I prepared for the test? Am I ready for this? Am I ready for that? How can I be better? What can I do? Make a resolution. But it really is not very meaningful or as meaningful unless you do the reflecting first, the looking back. I... I love the Sanskrit poet, I, at the risk of repeating something that everyone already knows. Just think how beautiful it is to say, yesterday is but a dream and a vision and tomorrow is – no, let's see. yesterday is but a dream, tomorrow is only a vision, but today, well lived, makes every yesterday a dream of joy and every tomorrow a vision of hope. Now, some people think that that is saying, don't worry about the past, don't worry about the future, just focus on the present. I don't think it means that at all. I think it means if you reflect on the past and enjoy it and are grateful and remember blessings, then you're in a position to dream about the future and decide what to do, and it makes the present a much more beautiful place.
0: It really does, and in fact, as we look back, and for those listeners that may not have been um, tuned in at the first of the program, we talked about, and actually, honey, it was the Roman god, Janus, not the Greek god, I but anyway, really really um, We have the, we recently found this in um, a book called Notes from an Amateur by John Tenner, who we admire so much. His writing is wonderful, but he, he really is quite amazing. He said that... um January is well-named after the Roman god Janus, deity of doorways. Now that's interesting because if you think of it as a doorway, it, it adds a whole new meaning. It had two faces, one looking forward and the other backwards. So um, if you think of your, yourself as standing in a doorway the end of 2011, looking back at all those blessings, and then what's coming forward, it is just so amazing what happens to your mind. I mean, we we are here in New York, as we mentioned, with a brand-new grandbaby who was born. Actually, she was due on December 15th, and we were coming in the night of this 15th. So I told that mom, pat that little tummy and tell that child to wait for us until we get there, which she did. And the child, we got here at midnight on December 15th, and she was born at 10 a.m. on December 16th. Amazing.
1: On the 16th. Now
0: we're going to. That, that's a little bit beside the point, but just let me finish this one point, um, uh-huh. and then I'll turn it back over to you, Richard. But um, in thinking back now as 23rd grandchild, but this is the first one for them, um, it's amazing uh, as you look back through time and through the other grandchildren, there's so many things I've forgotten, and there's so many things I remembered, you know, as you go through that experience again. And so I think just going back through time is so crucial.
1: So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we've been focusing on the past and on reflecting over the past year. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about looking to 2012 and what kind of resolutions we've found make the most sense in a family and parenting setting. Back in a minute.
0: And we're back. Um, we don't know if you're in a car, or in a home, or what your setting is, but we're glad you're there. And we have been talking about um, not only New Year's resolutions coming up, but mostly in the first 15 minutes, we talked about the things that have passed in the in the year that we've just finished. And so we thought we would spend the second half talking about how important it is to set some new re- resolutions for the coming year. Or You can call it whatever you want, but I have to tell you that on the other phone there is um, my husband, who is the guru of goal-setting in the world, as far as I am concerned. (laughs) He is amazing at setting goals and then figuring out vision, you know, visioning what's going to happen, and then making it happen. So uh,
1: you go. Oh, goodness, Linda. Oh, my goodness. You're just... Full of compliments today, yep. and I don't think that's exactly right. But I, I no, do enjoy is, yeah. the process of trying to of trying to set some goals at the new year. But I just as we transition from looking to the past to the present or to the future, let me just make the point that it is always the present moment that connects the past and the future. And the son we're with that we're visiting with right now in New York City is of all our children the very best guy at gratitude and living in the moment. And every, he, he used to do this as a young boy, Linda, and he still does it today. We were with him the other night, and right, and, you know, sort of in the middle of the evening, he just said, wait, wait, let's just pause for a minute. Let's just think about something here. Here we are tonight having a nice dinner together sitting here in the big apple together we've just had our first child she's a beautiful wonderful baby she's healthy everything's wonderful and and it's a gorgeous night it's fairly mild we were able to walk over here the moon's just coming up and he just sort of went through Boy, we should appreciate this particular little moment that we're in right now. And he's always done that. I remember as a, as a young boy, he used to say, "Oh, let's just take a minute and look around. Isn't this great? Here we are. We're having a good day today." And I think that's such a gift. And and I, and I think it it's facilitated, don't you, Linda, by reflecting on the past, thinking about the future, but then living in the moment.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, he is amazing at doing that, and I think. The fascinating thing about this child, and I say child, he's 32, um, is that he can kind of visualize things. None of our other kids really are quite like this, but he um, visualizes what's going to happen. He writes down what's going to happen. He thinks big, and then he makes it happen. It's quite remarkable. I, I don't know. I wish I could do it like he does, because he is just an amazing person, but I think he came that way. Um, not Not to give you credit, not to give you not credit, Richard, but he really is quite incredible. I mean, he just came as a visionary and it's fun to watch him function. He does. I mean, he's working with a company right now. They set a goal for him. He always exceeds the goal because he said, I think you have to think bigger than that and so on. And so next year he wants to double his goal. It's just quite incredible.
1: Yeah, it really is. And I think that when we when we turn to setting goals with children, most of you parents know that to just say to a child, a young child, let's say an elementary school-age kid or even a high school-age kid, to just say, let's set some goals for the new year. Here's a piece of paper. Here's a pencil. Go ahead. Set some goals. Set some resolutions. That's just not going to apply with most kids. And I think the way to help them sort of get into the mode of thinking ahead and creating the, the year ahead in their minds is you've got to give them some little categories. And and I'm, I'm going to just give you our suggestion. We, you know, we know, we used to, we've tried a lot of things. We at one time would say, okay, set a physical goal, a mental goal, an emotional goal, a spiritual goal, and so on. And for a lot of kids, that's a little ethereal. It's a little theoretical. But I think when it really started working for us is when we said, hey, how about we just have three categories? The first one being academics, because that's your schoolwork, that's your grades, that's your education, that's using your mind. The second category being extracurricular. What do you want to achieve in your sports, in your music, in your other things that you're doing that are not part of academics. And then third, and maybe most important, can you make some resolutions or set some goals for your character, for the kind of person you want to be? And that really, I think, Linda seemed to work because not that they all thought of it the same way. That's the beauty of it. Kids all think in their own way. But they all seem to resonate with those three categories.
0: Well, I think you have to, it depends on the age of the child, because um, doing those when the kids were little, and really, you know, we found that kids could set goals when they were three or four, not because they could write them down, but because they could draw pictures. So um, we have a little school system, which some listeners may or may not um, know about, but we had three-year-olds setting goals just for fun. And it is amazing what a three-year-old can do with a goal. So, you know, you say, what do you think your goal should be for your family? And then they draw a picture of it. Um, What do you think about a goal for yourself? In fact, we had a little three-year-old who came to me once and said, you know, my goal is to quit sucking my thumb and I just can't quit sucking my thumb as long as I had this blanket with me. This blanket just makes me suck my thumb, which we were laughing hysterically about because of course we knew that, but we didn't realize he knew that. So he said, could you just put this up on the refrigerator where I can't reach it so that I can really accomplish my goal? I mean, that's amazing for a three-year-old, but they can do it if you introduce that to them, not in a heavy way, but in a fun and delightful way. It's amazing how Soon they can start internalizing those
1: goals. So you think of a young child setting a goal that simple or a New Year's resolution, you know, what what I want to learn to do this year is tie my shoe or I want to learn to zip my coat or whatever. So so Linda's point's really well taken that very small children can understand the concept of a resolution or A goal and then of course as they're older some of the elementary age kids will come up with amazing goals often what often what elementary kids don't understand but what they like to understand if it's explained or demonstrated to them and that is the difference between a goal and a plan That's a really an important concept to get across to kids a lot of a lot of elementary age kids and even high school kids you say okay do you have a goal for uh, let 's say for tennis and and they 'll say, "Oh, yeah, my goal is to practice a half an hour every day or or that could you know what is your what is your goal for math Well, um you know, spend a half an hour on my math homework every night now, now they need to understand you need to help them to understand that those are not goals, those are plans. And there are things that would lead to a goal. But what is the goal? Oh, maybe to get uh, an A this semester or to get an A minus or to get a B plus, whatever. They set the goal. But then the homework is the plan to lead to the goal. Or in the tennis, maybe the goal is to uh, be able to make the team or to beat their friend in a set or or hit the ball over the net to consecutively without missing 20 times. It's something that when they achieve it, they know they've achieved it and they mark it off. They, they, it's like mission accomplished. But the plan is when they're going to practice, what they're going to do. And that simple distinction between goals and plans really starts making a resolution have teeth. I mean, And it works for adults, too. Frankly, the reason so many resolutions are broken is because someone sets a goal and then never has a plan, you know, like the most typical one, I'm going to lose 10 pounds or whatever. Okay, fine, that's a a lovely resolution. How are you going to do it? What is the plan? And if, if you teach your kids as a parent, that a goal's no good without a plan and the plans are not much good without a goal and they understand the difference and can set both, then I'm telling you, you are helping them in a way that they will use throughout the rest of their life. In the
0: system that you use, depends really on you, on your family, on the, on the particular child, whether you start with these little goals with the three-year-olds, but... We found that when our kids were little, we did do this five-facet goal thing where how are you going to... What do you want to do physically this year, socially, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually? And uh, it was so fun to see them just write down one little goal in each of those areas. And that was their idea. It was... They owned it. They wrote it down. And so our grandchildren are now doing this with our older children because that's the way we always set goals in those days. And... Honestly, one of our little girls was so hilarious. Her physical goal um, was to get only three cavities, which just (laughs) drove us over the head when we read that, get only three cavities. I mean, she really had horrible teeth (laughs) and uh, no fluoride in the water and the poor little thing was just always at the dentist. So you know, get only three cavities. She knew exactly what that meant, and she knew what the plans were in order to accomplish that goal. So it's entertaining as well as fun for them. And then when the kids got older, we had them do this more, uh, high school kids, do the three categories really well. The academics, what are your academic goals? What are your extracurricular goals? And what are your character goals? And and you might be saying, well, wait, what's a character goal? How do you do that? Well, they made it up. I mean, it was interesting. How do you become a better person? Just write down what you plan to do to become a better person. And, of course, every high school kid or junior, I actually, they started when they were in middle school, can't do this because they maybe are not confident enough or um, or shy or whatever. But uh, two of our boys decided they were going to, once a week, sit in the lunchroom by someone that looked like they needed a friend. Not sit by their friends, but go sit by this person. Just look for somebody and go sit by them. And honestly, it was so fun. They would, you know, report at dinner how things were that week and who they found, and it was delightful. And we still have. I mean, they were not doing that as a game. They truly cared about this person. So, um, at dinner time, they used to report to us and still to this day, we have people once in a while we'll just rush by them and they say, oh, wait, your son, your son changed my life. He came and sat by me and made me feel like a real person instead of the total nerd that I really was. And You know, just those fun little stories. Now, we're only telling you the success stories. There, you know, of course, there were some failures too, but it is so fun for kids to really internalize their own goals for not you as a parent to stand over them. But what do you want to do this year? What do you think? And then figure out your own system.
1: Yeah now it occurs to me Linda that uh, as we wrap up here we we we've been talking about new year's resolutions and about goals as though they were exactly synonymous and and of course there are some unique qualities about a new year's resolution for one thing it's a it's it's something that deals with just the year ahead just the year that's coming and for another thing it's not always A goal with a plan I mean it's a it's a great New Year's resolution to say you know I want to be more friendly to the kids at school that don't have friends or I want to sit with someone at lunch who doesn't have a friend and so on but what's really great about New Year's Day and the day after New Year's and the first week of the new year is it's just such a good time to engage children in a discussion about how did last year go what was the best part what do you think you can do to make next year a better year here's what i want to do what do you think what do you think it's just a kind of a discussion starter which is the type of discussion that all of us love to have with our kids because don't forget the minute your child begins thinking in terms of his goals and his resolutions It puts you as a parent in the position that you, instead of being a nagger and a manager and a pusher, you can begin to be a consultant to that child saying, son or daughter, how can I help you with your goals or to keep your New Year's resolutions? Well, we're out of time. We've loved being with you. And Linda, last word to you.
0: I think it's important with all the crazinesses going on with the new year, and I know it happens at our house too. People are coming, you're feeding them, you're having parties and so on. It's so easy to get wrapped up in all that and forget that it's really important to just spend a little time meditating about what you really want to do, who you really are, and what you want to become this coming year. We wish you the very best, and Happy New Year from New York City.